0: To the Arsenal way back with you guys for another episode of our Press Box series, a show in which we're joined from our colleague from our London and, of course, The Mirror as well. I'm joined, very happy to be joined, of course, by Chief Football Writer at The Mirror, John Cross. How are you doing, John? Are you well? Yeah, good. Thank you. Enjoying the international break. Oh, I see that the digs are there already. (laughs) A little chat off air, of course, about our just the delight that we share uh, about having uh, no Arsenal whatsoever over the international break. But of course, there's going to be lots of Arsenal stuff to talk about relating to the players that are, of course, out there playing at the moment. We're also joined by Kai Karnak once again. How are you doing, mate? Are you well?
1: I'm good. I'm glad someone's enjoying the international break. That's good to
0: hear. At least <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's a controversial period, it is what it is. I was just saying uh, to John before we went live about how in a year's time, we'll be sitting down ready for six weeks off of club football True. as the World Cup takes place, which is going to be interesting. That's, that's for sure. Um, you make
2: it sound like torture. It's going to be fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> the biggest tournament in football. <laughs> it 90,000 just... people at Wembley tonight will disagree
0: with your negative. I'm sure they will. Let's let's be more positive then, John, um, yeah. because obviously Emil Smith-Rowe getting his first call-up to the England squad. I want, I'm really interested to get your reaction to that and your reaction, of course, to him not being in the first initial round of call-ups and then, of course, making it to the full squad.
2: Oh, listen, I, I think I came at it from a different angle. Listen, I think he's in fantastic form. If you judged... Every single player on um, on their form on the Thursday before, you know, when Gareth Southgate traditionally names his um, England squad, then I think you'd probably have 18 different rounds of players. Basically, every club, every every sort of fan base will have a different view on on who should be in, who should be out, and I think Southgate has to show a degree of loyalty um to existing squad members. I mean he didn't include for example, you know, Sancho and Lingard um either. So, you know, I wasn't massively surprised. I would have been surprised if, if Smith Rowe had been in originally. Don't get me wrong, I think that basically on form he deserves to be, but I do think as international manager you have to, you know, do a fine balance between form and basically and a bit of loyalty. And mm. so, therefore, I think he deserves a chance. The other thing that I, uh, I think is uh, the surprising element of it is that basically he's become such an important player for Arsenal, such a great player for Arsenal this season. He, he's become an integral member of the under-21s. And the under-21s mm. have been up against it, frankly. They're a good result, you know, the other night. And, you know, Balogun obviously scores. Mm. So, um, the uh, so therefore, I do think it was a fine balance. So, from that end, I was a bit surprised almost that he was promoted from the under-21s to the seniors simply because the under-21s uh, would need him so much. But, honestly, he's in irresistible form. I do think that he, you know, deserves that promotion. I was there at St George's Park on Tuesday um you know and and you know he spoke really really well and was clearly incredibly excited and honored and proud mm. to be there so i think that said it all really and it, you know he gave a terrific interview and press conference and so so i'm pleased for him he deserves it he really deserves it
0: It really does. Kyle, what are you going to be looking out for in particular about his usage under Gareth Southgate if, of course, he does get some minutes on the field? We imagine it. From my perspective, I'm seeing it as he'll be fortunate to see getting some minutes off the bench. We know a good Ramsdale has been in the past, but obviously didn't play. Goalkeeper, slightly different position, of course, too. But you still have to earn those minutes. What type of position do you kind of feel that Smith Rowe will flourish in in this England system with Southgate?
1: It's interesting. That's something I'll I'll be looking at to see how Southgate sees him as opposed to how Mikel Arteta sees him. I think... Smith Rowe's been playing its best football for Arsenal recently on the left wing, and I think that makes the most sense. And that's where he paid for the under 21s as well. And Lee Carsley gave quite an interesting interview in the last um, international break, basically saying if you get Smith Rowe closer to the goal, then he's likely to be more effective. And I think that's true. He's someone who is great at dribbling and just beating a man in the final third and finding a bit of space, arriving late, that kind of thing. So I think if you have him in a slightly deeper role or if thing, then end up playing a 4 3 3 or something like that. If you have him as one of those eights, I don't think that quite suits his game as much as having him on the left wing but again that's sort of if you put Smithrow on the left wing then who are you leaving out it's quite a tricky mm. decision because he's not going to start ahead of someone like Raheem Sterling it's a really tricky decision maybe Jack Grealish will come in there ahead of him so it would be interesting to see where he goes I'm hoping that he's used on the left wing just because I think that's where he can show his best football.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think that he is a player that we know after the last three games, three goals in, in successive league fixtures shows that that left-hand side is really benefiting him massively. And you think back to when he first got into the team in the Boxing Day game against Chelsea, it was kind of the real run of, of, of form for him when it started. Started behind the striker and he's been challenged this season to to add goals and, and more goal contributions to his game for sure. And this shift to the left-hand side, which hasn't started this season when Erdogan was introduced to the Arsenal team, of course, that did mean that that partnership between them grew and he was forced out slightly left with Odegaard being included but even then after Odegaard's been say removed from the side to to bring in Alexandra Lacazette we've still seen Smith Rowe now establish himself on that left flank and John when it comes down to kind of minutes for England we've got games against sides that you would expect England to be fairly comfortable against we I say expect in the most arrogant of fashions against like San Marino and Albania of course do you think that there's a good opportunity to see Southgate throw him in for a lot longer than just a couple of cameos.
2: Yeah. Listen, I think he's more likely, um, you know, I don't think he's, well, he doesn't start against um, Albania, but I do think he could start or potentially come off the bench um, against San Marino. And I don't want to kind of be, uh, to sort of detract from that achievement in itself, but you know, San Marino are literally the worst team in the world, judged yeah. on basically <laughs> on FIFA rankings. <laughs> so you can actually say that, but it's just, uh, I, you know, they are. I, I, it's it's an opportunity. It would be a, it would be a thrill, I think, for him to kind of still get that cap. And when you look at the players that, that England are going to be without. You know, I mean, they're basically Mason Mount has had his wisdom teeth out. He's gone home, um, you know, sort of kind of Declan Rice has gone. You know, it's it's James Ward-Prowse has gone. And and yeah, it's a lot of players there in, in the core of the midfield. And Foden could drop deeper. He ran the game sort of from a deeper role, for example, against lesser opponents in, in Andorra. And mm. therefore, you know, you wonder whether sort of kind of either Smithrow could get an opportunity or all kind of, you know, time off the bench, basically, minutes off the bench. He's playing so well at the moment, he really is, that I just feel as if, you know, he, um, you know, deserves this. And I think that there'll be a lot of rest in rotating because, honestly, England need four points from these two games. If they draw at the very least against Albania, then then frankly, you know, I think winning in, in, in San Marino... No disrespect, with plenty of it, basically is is mm. a given. So it's kind of there's this license to, you know, do it. But actually, it, it, what's interesting is that Saka you know, is by no means guaranteed to start. So kind of, you know, w- where are they in in the pecking order? I do think that the, the sort of I think Smith Rowe is terrific either, either wide left or or central. So interesting, you know, about the debate about Odegaard because I must say, for whatever reason, I think. You know, it's like Smith-Rowe and Saka are joined on a string. Their, their understanding on the pitch is mm. telepathic. Cue the song. And it's <laughs> a brilliant song and it makes me smile so much because it's great to see two academy kids enjoying their football so much. But there's no doubt about it in my mind that when Odegaard plays, I'm not the biggest Odegaard fan, I've got to be honest. Mm. And so let's see if he sort of kind of turns that round and, you know, he keeps the ball beautifully, but I want to see him affect more games. Uh, Odegaard's it, Odegaard definitely impinges on, on what Smith-Rowe does. I don't know what How it is about it. Well, I just think that he eats into his, his, his performance. I think he, you know, it was interesting to hear Smith-Rowe talk about nerves this week. Mm and basically not wanting to play in front of a crowd. And he was so pleased that basically his sort of kind of big breakthrough came at a time when the when mm. the stadiums were empty. How weird and wonderful is that, you know, that a player should admit that? I thought it was just really, I really liked it though. You know, everything about the interview was great. So I loved his honesty on that. But I just wonder whether this kid who's clearly a shy kid, softly spoken, you know, is a bit unsure of himself. Maybe he feels a bit inhibited by sharing the same pitch mm. as Odegaard thinking he's up against Odegaard as a direct competitor. Yeah. But honestly, time and again, it just seems such a shame as well. Because for me, if you're playing the 10, and it's traditional 10 role, mm. which in, in Arsenal haven't been doing, and in fact England haven't been doing particularly in the last few games, then then Smith-Rowe's your man for Arsenal, for sure. But then basically when when you know they do that and Odegaard is then put in the 10 and Smith-Rowe plays left, it doesn't work. And Smith-Rowe, you know, just it doesn't produce the performance level that that we've grown accustomed to and enjoy so much.
0: What do you make of that, Kaya? Because, I mean, for my money, and whilst I like it, just to use the phrase with Saka and and (laughs) Smith-Rowe playing so well, but Erdogan, for me, is a player that... You know, he's going to struggle to add goals on a regular basis to his game. I don't think, I don't look at him as those number 10 stars that are just going to chip him with, you like, don't look at him as like your Mason Mounts, et cetera, that are going to throw in loads of goals. But I do look at him as someone who's very creative and I do look at him who loves to spot a pass into the box and to feed players in behind the lines. Do you think that Arsenal's front four, n- minus the striker that is a whole separate debate, can be Smith Rowe, uh, Degar and Saka in, in the long term?
1: Yeah, I, I think it can. I might have to disagree with Crossy there a little bit just on Erdegaard because I don't want to yeah, I don't wanna <laughs> go through this. Well. But I, I, think, I, just, I, I like him because I think it works nicely when Smith-Rowe sort of drifts into the left half space and then Erdegaard goes over to the right and then combines with the right wing. I'd be more worried about mm. Erdegaard affecting Saka. I don't think their link-up's quite that good. So that would be my main issue with playing Erdegaard in the middle, but I think he actually does a pretty good job. And if you look at that Watford game, for example, the most recent one against Watford where Arsenal were struggling just a little bit to break them down. I don't think there's anyone in this Arsenal side who could sort of pull out that lock picking pass in the way that Odegaard can on a consistent basis. Saka can do it. Smith Rowe can do it. But Erdegaard's someone who can do it once or twice, maybe three times per game. And I just think that he offers something that I don't really think anyone else offers. I think a lot of Odegaard's if you want to call it poor form, the season has come because he's been asked to play a slightly deeper role generally, particularly when Jack has been out, he's been asked to sort of fill that role. And then obviously Lacazette's come in and done so well and worked himself into the ground each game. So I think Odegaard, if you get him up a little bit higher on the pitch and if you get him in the middle in that number 10 position where he's able to pull the strings, I still think he's got a lot to offer this Arsenal side. And I think when Saka and Smith-Rowe start adding a little bit more oh Smith-Rowe's already started adding goals to his game, but Saka as well, a bit more regularly, I think Erdegaard can be the man to provide those assists for him. I think that three can work really nicely.
0: I've had a conversation, John, with Kaya previously about this topic as well. And you mentioned earlier about the loyalty that Gareth is kind of showing mm. to his team, and and certainly that loyalty, I think can, I think it can rub some England fans up the wrong way at times because they feel like other players should be, you know, wor- worthy of, of a place in the squad. And one of those players, of course, is an Arsenal man that didn't get picked this time around is Ben White, yeah. and. I, we've, as I said, I've spoken to Kai about this previously and I'd love to get your thoughts on on whether or not you think that he's right to be loyal to players like Tyrone Mings, who, for instance, has been dropped in the Aston Villa side at times and Connor Cody at Wolves. Or, or was it wrong of, of Southgate not to call up Ben Way?
2: Um, so I, it's a really, really fine line, that one, because I think that basically this squad, I would say, is probably right to stick with Mings, for example. I mean, blimey, if you'd have said that Mings, you know, when Mings played at at the Emirates for Villa, you know, he really struggled. He was dropped after that one, wasn't he? And, you know, there's no doubt about it. There is a player who is shorn of confidence and, and belief and form. And right now, I think that basically, you know, he's rather fortunate, shall we say, to keep that place in the squad. Having said that, I just think he was sensational for England uh, in the Euros and this comes from a per- you know, guy that basically was one of the journos at St George's Park who was sort of quizzing Mings on how bad England were defensively in a couple of pre-tournament friendlies mm. which Mings was part of the defence. I mean they were dreadful you're thinking how on earth are going to keep a clean sheet and the fact of the matter is that Harry Maguire wasn't you know fit for the start of the tournament and Mings played a blinder. Now mm. if you are Tyrone Mings I'm sorry, but I think you deserve a degree of loyalty. And that loyalty will stretch so far. And for me, it stretches into the third camp. And by March, when I think if England qualify, they'll have a couple of back-to-back friendlies at Wembley. Ben White deserves to be back on this form. Absolutely no question. Ben White is playing brilliantly at the moment. Um, And he's sort of kind of the way he brings it out, you know, is is, is sensational at the moment. You were seeing all facets to his game, defending well, bringing it out. Fabulous. Adds to the team performance so much. He really brings something to the party. There's another one that I I also think springs to mind. Tamori. I know a lot of people will be going, well, what on earth is Tamori doing? Well, Tamori is is there because he's, he's been playing really well for Milan and basically deserves his call. And, you know, if you put him in last time, what are you going to do? Drop him, even though he's not made a mistake for England? And and basically kind of... It, that's that's the dilemma you're up against. And so I think that basically... I get the point, but I think that it would be ridiculous for for an England manager to drop them out just based on a few weeks for, for club form. Do it over a, over a bit of a longer period. Um, you know, there's no doubt about... It. Listen, every... Group of supporters will be having this debate up and down the country, mm. basically, and so I do think that Arsenal fans are slightly carried away with White and 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 Smith Rowe in, in my view, but I just think that basically there's no doubt about it. White, for me, it will be an absolute mainstay of this England defence for the next five six years, absolutely no question. But I just think that a degree of loyalty is also also called for. But one I want one of one thing I don't want to see is kind of those protected players where we all know what what, what it's about. It's cliques, it's it's mm. players who frankly don't deserve their place and should be dropped. And no one wants to see that, but I do think you have to balance that against the degree of loyalty. But there's no doubt about it in my mind that White has got every opportunity to be England's first choice defender, you know, in a back three potentially um, by the time of the, of the next World Cup.
0: Kai, what do you make of the loyalty argument? Because it's not a point of view that we've we've had amongst the two of us when we've discussed it previously. So what do you make of of hearing kind of the, the side of things saying that, yeah, that Mings deserves this place because he's earned it previously or with the way that White's played over, say, the last few games, is that enough in your mind to to turn it around?
1: No, I think it's a really strong argument. If you have to remember that in the summer, England were the width of a post away from winning the European Championship and the degree of loyalty does have to be shown yeah. to those players. I think... Mings is another one who specifically, he started those opening two group games and obviously Maguire came in and did really well. So I I get it. I don't necessarily think it's the right thing to do, but I can understand it in terms of someone like Mings. And I also think Mings' left-footedness plays a big part as to why Mm. he keeps getting called up. I think he offers something that no other England defender really offers in terms of if Southgate wants to go to a back three, just because he likes Walker on the right-hand side of the back three. So he probably wants two more proper orthodox centre-backs. In the, mm. in the back three there um I would have liked to have seen Ben White in the squad especially if you consider someone like I think maybe Connor Cody probably isn't going to start that game against Albania but he probably will start San Marino I'd have liked to have seen Ben White giving his go um against San Marino and just looking forward to the World Cup next year there's not that many international breaks before it happens I think there's obviously the one in March and then there'll be a couple in the summer and then Maybe there'll be um, one break before the teams go off for the World Cup, so there won't be that many chances for um, Ben White or someone like him to impress Gareth Southgate. And Southgate knows what the players he's been loyal to can do. So it's sort of it's difficult because he doesn't want to create a media storm by leaving these names out, but at the same time he wants to try and give the new guys a go. So it's a really fine balance, like uh, John was saying, and I, I get it. And someone like. Sterling, for example, who's barely played for Man City this season. Stones only recently started getting in the Man City team. Mings is another one. Uh, Kane's not been in the best of form. He's not going to drop those guys because of what they did for him in the summer. But I think there does have to be some sort of balance between, um, yeah, when players on form start to get in. And I think injuries play a big part in that. If you look at Smith Rowe, he got in because of injuries and now hopefully he'll be able to take his chance. And mm. maybe something like that will have to happen for White to to get in. We'll have to wait and see on that front.
0: The, the position where loyalty, John, really comes into things is the goalkeeping position. And, I mm. mean, Pickford had a really good summer tournament. It was, I, I think can think of, off the top of my head, one or two mistakes I think he made throughout the entire competition. And Ramsdale is proving to be easily one of the best on-form keepers this season for Arsenal. Without a doubt, you could arguably say he's been the best keeper in the Premier League this season. So when does the loyalty Run out with Pickford, and when do you, as if you're Southgate, then decide to throw in someone like Ramsdale because he's simply outperforming Pickford week in week out?
2: I don't know. Pickford was brilliant in the Euros, wasn't it? It's a great mm. shout. Um, the one that really surprised me was that Ramsdale, who, let's be honest here, is just reputation has grown and grown, and his performances have just got better and better for Arsenal. Absolutely phenomenal performances. But, uh, you know, in the last round of international fixtures, um, you know, maybe he hadn't reached the heights of superhuman saves like he produced at Leicester, but he was still very good in good form for Arsenal. And so basically, spin it round the other way. And Southgate has, has moved on Nick Pope, if you like, who's been mm. a mainstay for a long time, didn't make the Euros because of injury. And so, therefore, he has actually changed that pecking order, if you like. But the one that I was a bit surprised about, if I'm honest, was that Sam Johnston started one, you know, and ahead of Ramsdale. And I must say, I just think, well, you know, Ramsdale's playing in the Premier League, and if Pickford's injured at that stage or or, or not not there, then I think Ramsdale, you know, so I, I thought that that one was more compelling mm. in, in many ways because I think Ramsdale is just such a character. You know, and so, it brings so much to the party in terms of, you know, t- terrific goalkeeper, terrific personality and big character as well. And so I was just a bit surprised to see that the quickly established pecking order there it is clearly still Pickford 1, Johnston 2, Ramsdale 3, because I think it will be a slow process. Mm. And, and, and you know, I uh, um, Pickford has been number one only since 2018 World Cup, really established number one. Mm. But I do think it will probably take Ramsdale if he's got that ambition to do it, which I'm sure he has, until next you know summer and the Nations League, um, that little mini tournament, if you like, um, that those sort of round of fixtures. I think he could realistically be England's number one by then if he carries on at this level because his form is that good. Mm. He's irresistible in, in a field where I think that Pickford, frankly, hasn't had enough competition. There's not been enough. To push him. And and I think fair play to Pickford, his his performances for England have been like, you know, incredibly solid and consistent and near faultless at a time when actually he's not really being pushed. Well, he's being pushed now by Ramsdale.
0: Yeah. And that's a competition, as we know as Arsenal fans, for position is so crucial. Absolutely. Mm. And and I think Arsenal in particular is kind of this microclimate of of of, of under that we we're now kind of really breed in this idea of competition between positions and that if it can happen at England is always going to be beneficial I remember the days when it was the goalkeeping position was a real area of weakness for England and now we're looking at someone like Pickford competing with Ramsdale and it's really positive Kaya when it comes to the, kind of the, the stylistic side of the goalkeeping position, Ramsdale is going to be helped by how impressive he has been playing out from the back at Southgate. We know likes Pickford for his distribution. And so that Ramsdale adding that level of, of passing to his game, it's not perfect and he can be a little bit overconfident at times. We think back to the pass straight into Iheanacho against Leicester is a great example of that. But it is certainly something that's going to bring that side of the argument to the table for him.
1: 100%. I think if you go back to 2018 when Pickford became the number one, I think it was Jack Butland was his main competition at the time and what sort of separated the two was Pickford's ability to play How out. Was the that was only of... two and a bit years ago? I know. That's crazy. <laughs> <A bit> amazing, <laughs> That's, isn't it? That's crazy. Butland in that time. But um, yeah, playing out from the back was the big factor that got Pickford into the team. And it's more or less during his poor form when calls were maybe made for Nick Pope to be number one instead. That's what kept him in the team. Pope obviously not as good with his feet. As Pickford, so I think that could play a big part in it, and I, I agree with uh, what Crossy was saying. That I, I was surprised that Sam Johnson was given the nod over um, sort of the other goalkeepers in the the last squad. I'd be quite disappointed if Johnson starts against San Marino, just because I think that's the perfect chance to give Ramsdale his debut, and I think Ramsdale, given his age, is probably going to be the future. Whereas um, Johnson is playing in the Championship, so unless he is incredible for West Brom, I can't see hmm. him maintaining that second sort of uh, spot for the keepers for much longer. So now seems like the right time to do it, particularly when you can justify it given Ramsdale's form. And I think um, what's been interesting is Aubameyang has really worked on his um, hold-up play this season. But uh, with that sort of ball that Ramsdale's got, where he can sort of just chip it towards the centre circle and then Aubameyang's been able to hold it up. If you play that to Harry Kane, someone whose hold-up play is exemplary, then that you sort of take it up an extra notch and then you can start sort of looking to bring the midfielders into play a lot quicker. And I think a big problem with this England side is they build up a little bit too slowly out from the back sometimes. When they play out from the back, I think they're just a little bit too slow. And someone like Ramsdale, who can break the lines with his passes, go straight Mm -hmm. to the midfield, bypass the defence, I think that could be a really, really interesting sort of feature to this England side, particularly it be able to let them attack that bit quicker. And obviously England's forwards, so pacey, so good in transition, so clever in the final third. I think that could be something that's really good I personally think it's a matter of time before Ramsdale does overtake Pickford, unless Pickford finds a sort of Euro 2020 run of form for a whole season. Then I think we're going to see Ramsdale overtake him eventually. It's just sort of, yeah, a case of when and not if. But I think I'll be really disappointed, like I said, if Ramsdale isn't starting that game against San Marino, because I think that seems to be the perfect chance to give him his debut.
0: He might not get much to do, that's for sure. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. but just seeing him in between the sticks would be great. I mean, just seeing an, an Arsenal England goalkeeper in yeah. itself is a is a great thing um, and obviously gets your semen flashbacks going. But uh, it's it's great and fantastic and hopefully we can see it a lot more in the future. We are going to wrap things up there. Thank you ever so much for listening. If you have enjoyed this episode of the Press Box, then please do drop a like on the video and subscribe to the Arsenal. I'll be back a little bit later in the week and be joined, of course, by some more fantastic guests to go through the return. Return of club football, yes, John. Club football coming back. We can't wait, can we? <laughs> Love it, John. Thank you so much for coming on, mate. No, pleasure. Really nice to see you
2: guys.
0: You. Tell people where they can find you, John, on the
2: social. Oh, sorry, okay. Yeah, it's John Cross Mirror at Twitter on Twitter,
0: basically. There you go. Kaya, thank you once again, mate. Always a pleasure. Tell people where they can find you, mate.
1: Pleasure's all mine. I'm at Kaya at 97 on Twitter, and I'm also on Facebook, Kaya at Journalist, and of course, the football. London website.
0: Exactly. You can find all of the pieces of these two fantastic guys over on Football.London and The Mirror as well. We will see you again very, very soon. But as always, keep following us down the Arsenal way.